right, welcome back to Cover Stories. Today we have San Antonio icon Allison Alonzo. Stop it. How's it going? I'm going. It's going awesome. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. For sure. I, I've. I mean, I just. I mean, I've, I'm familiar. I saw. I think the first time I saw you was at the mix like four years ago. Dang, that was. I know it's been a long time because I haven't played at the mix in a long. Oh yeah. Time. Yeah, it's been a minute. <laughs> I just remember you covered Pony by Genuine, yeah. and it was, that was I awesome. Used, I used to close out every set with that song. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's like one of my favorite ones to cover. It was a suggestion from a friend. She was like, hey, y'all should do Pony. Oh, you killed it. It was awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. For sure. Today you were doing uh, an exclusive, uh, a mashup. Yeah, I did a mashup. I I haven't recorded it on uh, video before. I did it on live stream and I I liked it so much that I ended up keeping it in my set just when I practice, you know. And um, it's uh, something about us, Daft Punk, and then a location by Khalid, and then just the two of us, Bill Withers. And um, I picked those three songs because I'm indecisive. Yeah. <laughs> and I like all of them. So um, I tried it out with a chord progression and it ended up working. So I just kept it. And uh, I just, I feel like I resonate with those lyrics. And yeah. I, I really love, I liked, I liked it all together and it ended up working out. I think anybody who hadn't heard any of the songs would think that it probably is just one song combined yeah. the way you did it. So <laughs> mission accomplished. Yeah, yeah for sure. You. Um, so, uh, what about these songs, about the lyrics, do you connect with? What is it that, why, why these three songs of, of any others? Um, I like, I can't even explain it. I just, I, I feel like all of them on their own really hold up. And then I, it, for me, the challenge was picking the parts of the song that would go well together the most. And so I ended up using the full song of something about us because I just, I love that song yeah. so much. The whole thing, the whole thing, I feel, I feel like if you've been through it, like in a relationship and then it doesn't work out like that, just that's the song, you know, everybody, I, everybody I know that like loves that song. It's like the same. Everybody just like knows that that's like yeah. the like <laughs> gut wrenching, heart wrenching song. So, um, I picked that because I just genuinely love that song. And then uh, Bill Withers had just passed and I started listening to that song a lot and I, I was practicing it on its own. And uh, I recorded I recorded the chord progression for something about us and I had already been practicing that other song. And so um, I kind of just threw it in to see what it would sound like. And it ended up it ended up fitting. And I was like, cool. So I was just going to use those two. And then um, I was thinking about location and I liked that one you give me your location list and so i just i just kept it and um so i thought you know what okay let me just it for for me it was just trying to figure out what fit where and um again i'm indecisive so i just <laughs> used all three and no, uh, it ended up working out yeah but we'll just i think in march of this year mm-hmm. just a few months ago yeah. and um i've uh i mean the first time i heard that song was the sample in the will smith song oh yeah i, I think all of us our age kind of yeah, yeah that, that's the one <laughs> Uh, that was my first CD, actually. It was really? Big so, yeah. Dang, that's a good one. I have. It's one of those CDs. Like I don't listen to it anymore, but I still have it just because it's important to me. Yeah, hey, those songs still <laughs> hold up, man. <laughs> still hold up. It's interesting that he. I mean, he took the song. It's about him and his son. Will Smith did, and then the original song's about a, a couple. And mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't change. I mean, he does the rap and everything, but the the chorus and everything that he keeps the sample from is still the same. Yeah. But Withers' voice is just so like sultry. It just sounds like a good cup of coffee. Yeah. Like, it, it's just um. For some reason, it's people like it's just it's timeless. Yeah, his voice. Yeah, it and really I, is. I love that. I mean, because it's it's credited a lot as a Grover Washington Jr. song, mm-hmm. and I didn't even realize there's a the, the sax motif in there that I feel is used so much. Yeah, and it might be like a he might have converted like an old classic tune, but it just I it, it reminds me of like 
going to brunch and like Christmas. And yeah, <laughs> I like that. I like that. It's a weird connecting vibe, and it just that combined with Bill Withers' voice, it just it, it really took it to another level. I mean, on YouTube, it's considered smooth jazz. Really, it's, smooth yeah. jazz has a kind of negative <laughs> connotation. That's funny. Yeah, I ha- I genuinely hate smooth jazz. I'm sorry <laughs> for all the smooth jazz fans. I think it's because uh, every Sunday my parents would listen to sl- like smooth jazz and make breakfast, and I'm uh, like, yeah. this, this is awful. Why y'all like this? <laughs> Feel like I'm in an elevator. Yeah, it's just like blaring saxophones. I'm just like, no. <laughs> I, I had a problem when I was younger because I my dad got me into jazz, but when I say jazz, people think like, oh, you're like into like Kenny G and like that smooth <laughs> jazz shit. And I'm like, no, 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 you got to go deeper. And you're you're really into like jazz singers, right? Yes, I really am. Um, I trained my voice listening to Billie Holiday and Ella Fitzgerald YouTube videos, and so just singing along with that. And my my grandma was a big uh, Billie Holiday fan. Oh, awesome! And so I love I love just and then I started research from there. I started researching more jazz vocalists, and so. Uh, I love I love jazz vocals. For, for for me, it doesn't get any more pure than Ella Fitzgerald's voice. Oh like, yeah, she, she it's 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 seamless. She I you never hear her crack. You uh, it, like I can't I can't even put it into words. Her voice makes me cry. Um, I saw a show once, and it was at the Tobin, and it was um it was like an Ella Fitzgerald tribute show, and there were three singers, but the one that stood out to me the most, um, and she sounded almost just like her was uh, Kabathia Jenkins, mm-hmm. and um, I had never it was like I was seeing it live, you know, yeah. and I got to meet her backstage, and I I don't know how, but I ended up crying on this lady's shoulder because I was like, oh my god, you're amazing, you sound just like her, like the work that you could tell, like Ella loved her 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 craft, right? So she put a lot of work into that, and the work into getting those vocals like that, it was it was like seeing it live was just on a whole other level like i love i love uh jazz vocals oh yeah yeah i really do mm-hmm. um my introduction to billy holiday was strange fruit oh yeah freshman year and it just it was so haunting and like, that's that song is so haunting yeah it really is yeah i like uh i like um he's funny that way okay. it's one of my favorite billy holiday songs um i uh with, with ella fitzgerald the first thing i always think of is summertime that's like yeah and it's just uh that's a classic it's it's so funny because there's been some great singers who have sang that and it's just it's just on another level hearing her like version of it yeah she's she's amazing um i have i think i want to say i have that song like on two different vinyls oh, and yeah? I, I switch between because they're both different and uh but every time she did it it was just like she hit it out of the park it was so good and um, there's one that she does too. Uh, what is it's driving me crazy? Angel Eyes. There's a video on YouTube if you look up um, Ella Fitzgerald Angel Eyes of her performing with an orchestra, and it's one of the most beautiful performances I've I've ever seen. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I think that I can definitely hear the, the Ella Fitzgerald influence in your voice because you have a powerful voice, but you have such good control of it. When you sing it, it it like fills up the room, but it never like gets too carried away. And I think that's that's. Something that is very hard to do. Thank you. I, that's actually a really big compliment. Um, I've, I'm really, really self-conscious of my of my voice and my inflection. I'm not professionally trained. I saw a voice coach for the first time last year, uh-huh. and she helped a lot. Um, there was definitely, uh, definitely an improvement from before I started seeing a voice coach to after I started seeing a voice coach. And um, I owe it. I owe it to that and just learning how to breathe. And um, I feel like Ella just she had her she had the craft down. She was a professional, and and she sang from the heart. I think I think a lot of people nowadays. I mean, they just depend on auto tune. They don't sing from the heart, you know. Yeah. And so, um, I try not to. I try not to get too full of myself. I realize <laughs> that there's always room for improvement, and um, and it just it's one of those things. You just gotta love what you do and put the work into it. And uh, learning how to breathe was probably one of the biggest things that helped me sing like that. 
real. Yeah, I think that there's definitely a tendency for people who, who like to fill up a room, and I think it's more of like a Broadway thing where they just get so carried away and it it gets away from them and yeah and i i mean i've seen you once live and then you know, today just it's, it's you don't have that problem i've i've i used to uh battle with stage fright so i used to mess up because of that and also like not breathing right um and so i feel i feel like now i still get nervous uh I still struggle with um, my outward appearances like being on stage. You know, sometimes I don't like watching myself. I don't like hearing myself because I, I spent my first part of my music career just locked in my bedroom. I was recording in my bedroom for like three years before I started doing shows. So it took a lot for me to come out and put myself out like that because I wasn't I, w- I was really shy growing up. I wasn't that person. And so um, they, I, I, re- I appreciate that compliment because oh, sure. uh, it, it means that all the work that I put in is just paying off. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, I, I see your name just locally in the community a lot. I mean, you, you sing at the Spurs game, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did it. I did the national anthem at a Spurs game, and then I performed afterwards. It was like, it, we performed during halftime, before, and after the show. It's, oh, awesome. a, it's a pretty cool, pretty cool way they have it set up. And you also performed at Yosa they mm-hmm. did, when they did OK Computer by Radiohead. Yeah, I did I did uh, OK Computer. I did The Beatles. Oh, cool. And then I did um, Michael Jackson, and uh, I think that was it. Am I leaving one out? If I am, I'm going to feel awful. I'm actually doing a, a project with them, a video project with them too. Um, I, they recorded one of my, I recorded one of my originals and it was a weird uh, recording yourself lip syncing. I guess that's how, I mean, that's oh, how yeah. they do music videos, right? <laughs> I never done a music video. And so um, I had to record myself lip syncing and I was watching. And I was like, wow, okay. And so, uh, <laughs> but they're going to put strings on it. Oh, cool. Out, yeah. So, That's awesome. Yeah, I, lo- I love Yosa. Troy, Troy does amazing work. I love working with them. That They made one of my dreams come true. I never thought in a million years I'd ever perform with an orchestra. Oh, yeah. Even if it's an orchestra with kids. I Honestly, never and ever did I ever, ever think I would do that. Never. Ha- I didn't have... It was a dream of mine, but I, you know... It was one of those things that I, I guess, and especially at the Tobin Center, it's still, I still kind of, I kind of want to cry when I think about it because it was like one of those things that you, when you're on that, when you're on that stage, it, it just feels like all the, all the work and everything that you put up with, you know, yeah. it, it makes it, it makes it really worthwhile. I, lo- I love performing with them. I do love that they kind of integrate like popular music and, and they're showing people, you know, how fun this could be mm-hmm. and, and how much of an experience it is. And I've never heard anybody who, who likes music who like has listened to an orchestra version of a song and not been moved by it. Yeah. It just yeah. T- takes it to another level. It does. It, 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 it just, it makes it classic. Um, I really, and, and I really got to hand it to Troy. He really kills it with those, with those, uh, those arrangements, you know, yeah. they, they really knock it out of the park every time. Every song, every song just sounds so good. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Which one was your favorite to do? Or can you pick a favorite? From um, those? My favorite has to be the Radiohead because I, it, to this day it just uh the way it makes me feel when i i t- it takes me right back to being on that stage awesome um all the other ones were great too uh i really liked um the beatles one too that was a good one and uh every i feel like uh the michael jackson show particularly had very good vocal talents every oh, cool. single act was um, was like killed it uh on that on that record when the, when they did that one um, so I think my favorite has to be the Radiohead one, but everyone had their like good, good points. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're making, you know, stuff in your, in your bedroom, had you had any musical training before that or did you just kind of figure out keys or, or? I've been playing keys since I was a little kid. Okay. I want to say I started playing, my parents just bought me keyboards and kept on buying me keyboards. And, um, I've been playing keys since I was like five. And so I wasn't really trained, but I love to play keyboards. 
And so I started messing around. I, I actually wanted to, uh, when I graduated from high school, I wanted to be a, a video editor. Oh, cool. And so I was um, editing video in community college on my Mac. And then I started messing with GarageBand. And then I dropped out of college. And I just started making music. And I just, uh, it was when MySpace was big. Yeah. And so I was... <laughs> I was making songs and then going to the MySpace chats and spamming people. <laughs> and I would just like spam different music chat rooms, my music, and then see how many hits I could get. For me, it was, oh, sorry. For me, it was, I was kind of addicted to seeing how many hits I could get overnight. And so um, I was doing instrumental music at first with just garage band loops and the music was fucking awful. And it was like just the, <laughs> it was really bad. And um, then I, I started collaborating with this artist from South Africa and his electronic music was good and he was signed and um he would send me some clips and beats and stuff and i would send him some clips and beats and we were collaborating and um he was like hey you should sing on a track because uh women have usually have better vocals you know my vocals don't sound good you try it so i started i started i sang on one track and it got way more hits than any of my other songs and so that's when i I was like, okay, cool. So my first song, it's not great, but my vocals sound okay. You know, it was like just a regular little electronic indie song and um, it got a lot of hits on MySpace. And so I kept on, I kept on singing on more tracks and people were asking me to do my songs. And so I would do my songs. And then I stopped working with that artist because he asked me for my credit card information. And oh. I was like, yeah, this, is, <laughs> this isn't going to work out. And yeah, that was when I was like, okay, this is weird. But um, it went from there and then people would message me on MySpace and ask me to do shows. And so I was in like a few bands I was in a, I want to say like like six or eight bands before I started doing solo stuff and then I was in a band called uh first we were called Vincent Vega and then we were called Sugar Skulls and we were a band a band for a few years and then I went solo and so but I, I want to say I started um it's been like 14 years maybe like 2007 oh cool yeah that's awesome mm -hmm. um I think that uh it's it's kind of fitting that you did these three songs because they're all very different eras and it they all i could see each of them influencing you and i mean khalid is like eight he's 20 he's 20 years old now yeah, or 22 he's yeah he's a baby he's a texas artist yeah and I, I i i genuinely love that he's a texas artist i i love to support texas artists and um when he came out i was like man the song is so good i i remember hearing the story about how how he how he got famous and i was like man that, that's a it's it's a come up it's, I, yeah. I love it. I love it. He's from El Paso. Yeah. Yeah. yeah my girlfriend's the one that told me that I was doing some research for the episode and she's like, oh, he's from El Paso. And I, mm -hmm. I, I did not believe her, but I was just like, oh, wow. <laughs> like, so she just like pulled it up and like, yeah, the his album American Teen was recorded in El Paso. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. It's it's awesome to, to see that. And like you hear him and you can't believe he's, he was 18 when he recorded that. Yeah, he, he might was, have been 17. He's, yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's young. He's young. Killing it. Yeah. He's just an amazing songwriter. He's a very good songwriter. I love that there are a lot of younger artists now who really embody these kind of older soul kind of you know, singers and, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, throwing that punk in the middle there. I mean, is that what influenced a lot of your electronica stuff when you were yeah. first starting? Yeah, out? I loved, I love Interstellar. Um, and that was like one of my favorite video albums. And um, I also, when I was babysitting, I showed it to all the kids I watched and to get them into oh, music, yeah. you know, <laughs> and um, I love that punk. I love, I genuinely love that. I, my, I had this, uh, classmate um he was a great above me and he got me and his name was Sixto and he was he like so sweet he made a mix cd and I, Daft Punk was on it and then I like my it was like you know all these flowers and fireworks yeah. came out it was <laughs> like yeah I love I love them so much that album though in particular got me that's what got me into yeah, it. Yeah, I think Discovery made me realize that it was cool to like dance music because mm -hmm. I mean I was came out in 98 right mm -hmm. so I was around 11 when it came out and 
to me, dance music was like CNC Music Factory yeah. and all the stuff that my like uncles went to clubs and like Night at the Roxbury sand, too. Sandstorm. Yeah, yeah. The root, I can see it. And it's funny because like almost in hindsight, I was like, oh, like, you know, like Sandstorm is actually kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. It's so funny that like, and it, I don't know what it was because I remember like being transfixed by, by the music video for uh, One More Time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't realize they had six singles on that album. Yeah. And uh, this one was the sixth one. They're awesome. I, I love the the video that Michelle Gondry did for Around the World, too. Oh, I, yeah. I had a DVD with that one on it, and I would just watch it on, on repeat. That, uh, the Michelle Gondry videos are amazing. Yes. Like, he's just so many, so many good, so many hits, man. I didn't get into him until White Stripes, the Lego uh, fell in love with a girl. Yeah, that was a good one. And then uh, even, I mean, I'm not even a big fan of the band, but Stereogram from Australia, they had one where it was all knit Yes, it was like stop I remember that one. It. I remember that one. Dope. I had a friend that had that DVD, and then I went and bought that DVD, and someone borrowed it, and then I bought it again because I loved it so much. Yeah, yeah, like I just needed it. I needed it, even if I don't watch it every day. I need to have that in my collection. It was, he's amazing. No, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean no, no, you're good. Uh, that's that's cool because I, I feel like Gondry. It, it, I was we did another episode last night with our friends who were in a movie podcast. We talked about Gondry a lot, mm-hmm. and I just love the, his connection to music. And you see a lot of these music video directors who. When they get the chance to make these big feature films, they incorporate music so well. I mean, Spike Jones is another one who I mm-hmm. just love watching his stuff and like how influenced by music he is. Yeah, but I love Gondry. I mean, I I, I started watching the show Kidding because he was involved with it. With I Jim haven't Carey. seen that. I haven't seen that. It's pretty good. Yeah, uh, I'm only into first season. Um, what what what's what's it streaming on? It's on Showtime. Okay, cool. So I, I my uh, my free trial ended. So I'm no, not like <laughs> I hate when that happens. So I have to borrow someone's or maybe just pay it like $9. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an extra b- bill, but it's worth it. Yeah. But yeah. He's, he's awesome. I'm so glad you brought him up. Cause I, I think that it's just, it's so cool in, in the sense that like he almost makes the music better, you know, yeah. adding that visual element to it. He's, I mean, I mean, I hate to use, he's genuinely a visionary, like seriously that it doesn't, his music videos just kind of bring the whole song to life and, and you wouldn't, there's some songs that you wouldn't have thought twice to look at, and then you see the video, and you're like, "Oh wow, this is yeah. amazing!" Yeah, I love, I love him. I love him. I, he was one of the reasons I wanted to get into filmmaking. Um, I still, I still dabble in it. Like, I like to do my own videos and stuff. Oh, cool. But uh, it's been a while. But I, I, that was one of the one of the like a, a student showed me that, and I was like, "Oh wow, this is cool." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it was one of the like my influences too, as far as like the types of videos I want to do and that's you know the stuff I want to put out. And just just keeping an artistic eye. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's amazing. And that, how do you think of all that stuff? You yeah, know? like I don't. It's so good. And I don't know if it's just something where like he's like, oh, like I can mess with yarn already, or if he's yeah. just like, I'm gonna learn how to do this because I want to do this for this video. Yeah, that's cool. I, I believe either way. <laughs> I know. I wonder. I wonder how many people too. Uh, if he had to like go into like a niche part of some country to find people that do yarn or something, oh, yeah. you know, like stuff like that. Uh, it's wild. It's a lot of work, man. The, some of those videos look like they took years to make. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. For sure. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, one of your, you get compared to Amy Winehouse a lot. Yeah. And I, I feel like a lot of people will probably hear you not familiar with like the older jazz singers that you're into and kind of feel like you are specifically influenced by Amy Winehouse, but it's almost like you're influenced by the same well, artist. I am. I am. I love but Amy Winehouse. I love Amy. I, I, I mean, she wasn't without her problems and, uh, and, what happened to her can happen to anyone. Yeah. And uh, her story is a really a cautionary tale. And I love her music. I love her songwriting. Um, if you look at some of her earlier videos, it was just her and a guitar. And she could play. And her, the songs that she wrote were amazing. And um, I did train my voice listening to her, too. It was 
I want to say when I started on MySpace, Adele and Amy kind of came out around the same time. And um, so I was listening to a lot of Adele and a lot of Amy. Uh, I liked the rawness of Amy's voice and I liked the way that Adele carried her voice seamlessly. And so I tried to kind of, kind of, you know, all of it, you know, it affects you in in all types of ways. It's like seasoning, you know? Yeah. It's like, just, it's just like another seasoning that I threw, that I threw into the mix. Um, And so I do, I, I really appreciate being compared to Amy because her vocals are timeless and nobody sang like her when she started out, you know, and she made it okay for people that carry their voice. Like, I mean, cause it was when she came out, you know, everybody was still doing electronic auto tune and stuff like that. All the pop stars were, were still auto tuning and, and she didn't need that man. Yeah. Yeah. She was amazing. I'm glad you brought that up because it, she definitely came at like the perfect time to make it. I don't want to say make it cool to listen to like old jazz, Mm -hmm. you know, but it definitely made it for like people like you who are already listening to that stuff and to really come into their own and show that you have a place in pop music. Well, she was singing uh, in jazz clubs when she was like 15, 16. So she had that background and she was playing with like all these older dudes, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, so it, it did, it did make it, it made it more accessible, which is what I like. And, um, I try to, I try to hold on to those, the, like, the soul vibe and the jazz vibe. My uh, my godfather was in a soul band oh, cool. called the Royal Jesters, and they were they they brought uh, Chicano soul. They were like the headers of the Chicano soul oh, movement. Awesome. And so I try to I try to ring true to that. I try to keep that torch going and just stay true to soul and jazz. That's dope. Mm-hmm. Um, I you mentioned her rawness, and it's funny to go from like Frank. I love Frank. I love like Fuck Me Pumps is my favorite. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good. That's a good track. That's a good song. And it's yeah. so like it, it, there's definitely like the basics are there. And then I, Mark Ronson's one of my favorite producers. So them coming together. The thing I like about Mark Ronson is a lot like Popovich in that sense that he's not turning her into anything she's not. Yeah. He takes her strengths and just yeah, he's just working them. with with what's already there, and yeah. he just uh, he just made it he just made it pop, you know. I remember uh, reading a book um, talking about her and Sam Raimi, and she was like, "I don't know where Sam, I don't know where Sammy's boring." And I and I and I, I don't I was like, "It's not boring. It's just those songs were more those songs weren't pop, yeah. you know." I I feel like uh, Mark Ronson just made it pop, and it it made it more accessible. And I mean, he has a good ear. I look what he did with that one song, uh, the Morrissey song. Did you remember? Uh, I forgot the name of the artist, but. Uh, he did a cover of Stop Me, Stop Me, Oh, I Said Stop oh, yeah? Me, If You Think That You've Heard. And yeah, and this, that song is, if you look it up, um, Mark Ronson did a, I forgot, for the life of me, I can't remember the name of the singer, but it's so good. And you wouldn't, he turned he turned that Morrissey song into like an R&B song, which oh, yeah. is like, yeah, it was it was amazing. It's one of my favorite tracks. I used to cover that song, but I stopped. Uh, maybe I'll bring it back. I used to cover it on, uh, on guitar. Oh, cool. But yeah, he, like Mark Ronson, like, Man, I, it would be awesome to work with him one day. Uh, he, he's got like just. I mean, I love the the people he chooses too. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I mean the stuff he did with Miley Cyrus is really yeah. good. Yeah, um, it's crazy. I, I love and then like, I I love that he brought Mystical back. Yeah, what happened to Mystical? Right? Man? Yeah, <laughs> that song on uh, that that album. The the oh my god, uh, the one with Bruno Mars. I can't even remember the name right now. That whole album, and then he has a mystical track. And I used to love mystical. Yeah, as a me kid. too. Me too. I just love yelling at the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that fool is crazy. Yeah, that fool makes you feel crazy. Yeah, it's the most like <laughs> hype you can get in like ten seconds yeah. of the song. <laughs> you're just and like, it, as soon as it comes on, you're like, oh snap! <laughs> they have all these battles on Twitter now that quarantine's going on, and I'd love to see him and DMX just 
have a shouting match. That would be for like an hour. <laughs> that's a good idea. <laughs> I want to see that now. But I I'm just love that he's got them. he's got an ear for that, and, and it's it's cool that mm. you're you're doing very similar things with mixing these old sounds and these new sounds, and mm. I think it's just a testament to the fact that you know that stuff is timeless and. People are paying attention to that. You yeah. know, people can can really make new music. Yeah, and L- lyrics are just poetry. You can you can put these words if if you feel it. You know, if you're gonna cover a song, just um, sing it how you wrote it. You know, it doesn't have to be exactly how the artist did it. Just make it work. You know. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, you also mentioned that you you're really into '90s R&B. That's obvious. I love I style. love '90s. I love Brandy. Yeah. I love I love '90s R&B. I really do. Um, everything. All everything about it. TLC. Uh, Destiny's Child, Brandy. Left Eye uh, was like one of my first crushes when I was. A she kid. was amazing. Yeah, they were amazing. Their videos came out. Uh, remember when they did uh, Unpretty? That yeah, was that that was a good that was a good video. I remember, I remember that came out when like TRL was like it was like the hit. So I used to like watch that. Yeah, watch that video that was <laughs> such a good that was such a good song. Um, I yeah, I love '90s R&B. That's definitely like a direct influence on my music. Is is '90s R&B? You can hear it a lot, definitely, mm-hmm. and it's it's still fresh though. It's and I mean. That stuff is timeless as of what it is, but I mean to hear it now, it it doesn't. You can hear the influence without it sounding like just a, a reproduction of it. Yeah, I th- I think when I when I started making music, I I didn't know how I wanted to carry my voice, and I just knew that I could sing, and I knew that it was something that I wanted to keep doing because I liked the way it made me feel, and so I want to say all these influences unknowingly just kind of affected how I would how I you know grew to grew to sound, and so um. When I when I I didn't I didn't realize that it had that big of an impact on me until I started until later on when you start going back and looking at all the stuff you used to listen to and I'm like that was it that's the reason I I do soul and jazz and R and B is because I grew up listening to soul and jazz and R and B yeah. you know and like KTFM was always playing like yeah. Brandy and stuff like that so I was like that's it that's the, yeah Mariah Carey too I love Mariah Carey that's like one of my biggest like crushes so my oh, yeah. yeah I'm pretty sure she made me gay because I love <laughs> I love Mariah Carey so much. Yeah. Um, I remember my mom had Butterfly. Yeah, it was, that was a good one. I, I grew up, I mean, I, I, we're in San Antonio. It's Metal City, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I got that from my dad. But I remember going to school and, like, being afraid to talk about, like, yeah, I like Mariah Carey. So, <laughs> you know, it's, whatever. Like, I, I still like Metallica, I guess. I don't <laughs> yeah, that's going to be that's gonna be hard for a, for a little little baby trying to be like, I like Mariah Carey. You like Metallica? Mariah Carey. I, I want to say um, my cousin, my cousin, Monica got me into Mariah. She was like a Mariah super fan. She had all the posters and stuff. And then um, some of her videos came out, and I would stay up late to watch them. Oh, yeah, because so, yeah, <laughs> you you know at MTV late at night would play just the streaming videos, yeah. and I would wait for the Mariah Carey videos to come on and record them on a VHS. Oh, cool. Yeah, and so like I I loved her so much. Um, I forgot what I was gonna say, but uh, she I have a tape. I have I had well I had a tape. And um, it was Mariah Carey number ones, and it was all it was a compilation of those videos. Oh, cool! So good, yeah. It's uh, it's like MTV back then was like an education. It really was. It really, it's not the same, man. Reality te- television ruined it. <laughs> I, it was, it really did. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Catfish, but I like uh, I want to say like right when the Real World and Road Rules came out, it changed everything. Yeah, yeah, it really did. I, I love. I mean, I I was a big fan of Daria, and I love the cartoons. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember Liquid Television? Yeah, yeah. It was uh, some of that stuff was a little alarming to like yeah, a six cre- or seven. It was really creepy. It was yeah. like genuinely awful. Even Eon Flux was really weird. To I've watched like like stuff on YouTube from that. I didn't watch it when it was live, but I was just like, man, like 
Like, yeah, there's some crazy. The Max, the Max was a good one. Never got into that. Uh, one. The Max was like just this monster, but like some of the 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 the. The scenes were really graphic. Oh yeah, but yeah. It was everyone. Everything was really graphic. I remember. I remember looking at it later on and being like, "Why did my parents let me watch this?" <laughs> they, they just thought I was watching cartoons. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Like a lot of the cartoons, I mean, Beavis and Butthead specifically, but Daria even they would feature music because they had yeah. these licenses and it, yeah. it was it added such another element to it. I got the Daria DVD, like a complete set, and mm-hmm. they all use like just standard music. They don't use like licensed music. Oh, really? I was really disappointed. That sucks. I but, didn't know that. And it's not like even like I remember certain parts, like oh, like Sonic yeah. Youth was playing here. It was just like it just like oh, like no, there's definitely was a song that. Yeah, was that's some, insane. I had no idea. Yeah, it just uh, the licensing is different with the DVDs from from back then. They were able to license it through the television, through the network itself. But wow. when it comes to streaming and it comes to like DVD, it's a totally different license. Apparently, I, I started binging it um, up, um, like a month ago. I, I watched like the first season and I remember I was watching it thinking like, I forgot how, uh, how these scenes were talking about how like dudes at frat parties are creepy, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Like that was important. That was it's important aged stuff. really well yeah. in like a bad way. It really has. It really has. <laughs> I was just like, wow, this is there. There was like one party scene. I was just like, oh, I get it. Like yeah. I've, been, I've been that, I've been that dork at a party. I'm just like, I do not need to be here. <laughs> you know, the thing I've always appreciated about that show is just that like it, um, there's so many conversations. They sound one, they sound like kids. Mm-hmm. They're a little precocious, but yeah, they definitely sound like high school kids. And, and two, even though there were different aspects of it that were of the 90s, it's still kind of timeless. Yeah, it really is. It holds up. Yeah. I, I didn't think it would. Honestly, I was I was started watching it thinking, like, I'm just going to eat a bowl of cereal and, yeah. <laughs> and watch this because nostalgia, right? And um, it ended up holding up, so I ended up binging a season. It was really good. Yeah, I, I, I watched the whole thing once, and I've got the DVD, and I've been meaning to do it again recently, but I just there's just so many so much content yeah there's so much to watch it's ridiculous i'm trying to keep up with it. i recently started watching pose and it's a good one. Oh, pose yeah pose is really good that's on netflix right yeah it's on netflix i think it was it a fox show i don't remember there's two seasons on netflix though and um i'm at the end of the first season i have like three episodes left and i'm really dreading it because i don't want to oh, yeah. start the second one yet because <laughs> i mean this is going to be over soon and um and I, I really like shows and stuff that take you into a time capsule. Yeah. And that one really does. And it, like the music, the 70s and 80s that they play is really is really awesome. And just the, you know, it's really cool looking looking through it through that gay lens. You know, the queer lens. How how what trans women went through. You know, oh, and yeah. what the and the AIDS pandemic. And so it was. It's I feel like that show is really like it for that to be on a network like that is really important. Yeah. It really is. For sure, mm-hmm. um, I I love the, the, the diversity that we're seeing now and just the perspectives. Um, I I went to college to be I double majored in American studies and journalism, and through American studies I focused more on the seventies. Like I had never heard of Stonewall until yeah. I got to college, you know, and just stuff like that. And I feel like lucky that I was able to learn about that stuff. And now people are bringing it up like in memes and things mm-hmm. like, oh, like this is a, we're in a new generation, and it's yeah. it's so nice to see that. This is being learned about, and yeah, it's it's, being Im- it's about. important to know to know the history, and um, and I feel like people forget, you know, there's definitely not a lot of intersectionality. I li- I lived in San Francisco, and there was definitely a, there was definitely not a lot of intersectionality. You think in a big in a big place like that, you know, people would younger younger people would know their history, but their like spaces were exclusionary, you know, and it was just it was kind of it was you had to really think about where you came from, and um. And it's it's good to know that history. It really is, and it is your it's American history. Yeah, you know, as as much as people don't like, I I heard that Ronald Reagan never even wanted to say the word AIDS on television. Yeah, like he he was a piece of shit. 
Like, there's, there's no, <laughs> like, you know, and um, it's just wild. It's just wild. And it was, it's one of those things watching, watching something like this and watching how music directly influences the culture. Yeah. It's like, it's like a big thing. Like, that's so, it's just, it's just watching it, you know. So there's some scenes where you want to cry. You're like, damn, you know. Yeah. Like, like. I don't want to spoil it. I won't spoil it, but y'all just, you, people just have to watch Pose and all other movies like that. There's one movie that was made in the 80s that's really good um, called Slaves of New York. And it's just about a young a young girl living in New York with her crappy boyfriend and how crappy he is. And that's a, I feel like that one still holds up because there's a lot of girls that need to see that movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seriously, it's really good. I think my introduction to like gay culture in a, in, I guess in 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 a general aspect was was too Wong Fu. Thanks for everything. Oh yeah, that's a good one. And uh, we were we were big John Leguizamo fans because I mean he was as far as we know other than Benny Digit Rodriguez he yeah. was our representation even yeah. though he's Puerto Rican and we're Mexican. But uh, we we really fell in love with that movie. And that movie's so good. Yeah, twenty five years later, it still holds up mm-hmm. too. And it's just so interesting that. I mean, yeah, it's a little bit more optimistic. I don't think a town like that would adapt that well. But, I mean, it's also kind of cool to show that, yeah, that can happen. Yeah, it can happen. Yeah. And drag queens are allowed to be in drag whenever they want. So Yeah, and the fact that they are now, I mean, you've got Drag Race, you've got spinoffs of that show. Yeah, Drag Race is huge. Yeah. It's massive. And it, it's, I, I, I work with a lot of, of, or I used to work, my old job, I used to work with a lot of, you know, 40 housewife women and mm-hmm. I remember they were talking about Caitlyn Jenner's transition mm-hmm. and I was like oh man I I'm, I don't know if I wanted like <laughs> and they were just talking about how much like you know like oh like I think it's so great that she's doing it they used the right pronouns yeah. and I was just, wow it's just like this is like a few years ago you know yeah. so I'm just like wow this is we're living in a new age and mm-hmm. it's nice to see that you know my pessimism has gotten the better of me yeah. and like things are actually there, there's progress there's yeah. still a long way to go but I feel like people a lot of the bigots are dying off so, yeah. so yeah. thank, thank god <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's really cool. Um, what uh, when it comes to uh, you know, you're talking about like music and in, in, in that soundtrack and being brought back to that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that now. There's a lot of shows that are going back to the mid 2000s when we were in high school. Yeah. There's uh, Searching for Alaska, which is on Hulu. I haven't seen that one yet. Um, is it, it good? Uh, it's okay. It's yeah. fine. It's a it's a young adult novel, so okay. I'm probably not the audience for it. But yeah. I I I watched. We binged it in one day. But uh, it's by Josh Schwartz, the guy that created OC. Oh, so okay. lots Dang. of death care, like lots of like yeah. music of that time. And it's just, I, that's when I realized like, man, I'm washed. Like this is like, this yeah, is 15, old. 20 years yeah. ago. Yeah. I, I'm just, I, I hear kids talking about like the pop punk they're into. They're like, oh yeah, I like this old pop. I'm like, oh God. <laughs> like, oh no. And then when, uh, what's that one song? Um, I chimed in with that. That uh, people, Panic like, at the yeah, disco. Panic at the Disco. When I, when kids are like, "Oh yeah, you like this old band, Panic." I'm like, "No, <laughs> no, it's not old. <laughs> I don't want to feel that yet." <laughs> There's YouTube videos where they they show kids who are like in elementary school, like Blink One Eighty Two songs. They have no idea who they. Are. Yeah, they have no idea. They, they, a lot of the kids now are just into Old Town Road, man. <laughs> I work at an elementary school, so it's a lot of Old Town Road. Miley Cyrus. Um, some of them are, are into Lady Gaga. Oh, a lot yeah. of Lady Gaga fans. Um, as Selena, they love Selena. It's, I think that's a direct influence of their parents. But yeah, it's interesting working with kids and seeing seeing what kind of music they like. A lot, they love trap. And like oh, these, yeah. yeah, these little like fourth <laughs> graders singing trap songs. I'm just like y'all, y'all, y'all. Y'all need to stop. <laughs> y'all need to stop. But yeah, I, I love that. I mean, I haven't really listened to radio in a while, and it's not like in a pretentious way. Just like I don't feel the need to because yeah. I have whatever song I want in my yeah. palm now. Yeah. But it, it is nice to see that there, there is a little bit more diversity in, in that. And 
and um living in the city that we grew up in here you know it, we're used to things a certain way i mean kiss has played the same music for the last 20 yeah, years yeah no yeah seriously that the playlist has not changed yeah. <laughs> it's not it's never going to change either they just they have a formula and they're sticking with it and yeah they, just dig, they dig their heels in the ground too so that's that doesn't make it any easier for them <laughs> and it, i just love that there are a lot of guys or a lot of bands in and i guess it's mostly guys but like mm-hmm. in those bands who are embracing i mean i think um, justin bieber was wearing like a metallica shirt and oh, yeah. people were losing their shit and and um what's his face uh oh my god the lead singer why can't i think of his name uh headfield was, oh yeah yeah he was like oh cool justin bieber likes us <laughs> and he pissed off a lot of his fans but so what you yeah know? who cares if, if justin bieber likes metallica that's fine i'm cool with it and they were talking about i think uh baby metal and those the japanese girls who play metal and like Kawaii metal basically oh yeah i've heard of that they opened up for rob zombie and a lot of rob zombie fans People were, were mad at that yeah. i remember he went on a rant right yeah he was yeah. like screw y'all yeah. <laughs> no what? that's awesome i think it's cool that and it i don't know if it's just it doesn't feel like it's just preservation it doesn't feel like you're just trying to like fit in with the younger mm-hmm. kids it's just like no like this is cool and this is you know this is different just because we don't understand it doesn't mean it's not good yeah exactly you just open your mind it's gonna be okay yeah. it's not gonna ruin your life to have these baby metal musicians it's 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 okay people just need to be more accepting <laughs> did you have, ever have any like pretensions with like certain types of music and then like you found yourself a certain song and then like oh like maybe i've been looking at this genre or this type of music all wrong no i think i always hate smooth jazz oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> no um i i try i generally try to be open to everything um I hated country for a long time. (laughs) I really did. And I I fought it. I was into country for like a year in middle school. And then after that, and then after that, like in high school, I really liked the Dixie Chicks and Shania Twain. My grandpa had a, had a Shania Twain CD and he didn't even like the music. He just thought she was hot. (laughs) And so I used, this is, this is really, I'm really aging myself. I, uh, I used to, put it on his uh windows 95 computer and play minesweeper <laughs> and listen to shania twain on the loop and just like go on aol and just jam shania twain i think <laughs> at the time come on over came out it had yeah. eight number one singles i think that was a record was massive she it's was like massive two-thirds of the album mm-hmm. that's so nuts to think yeah. about not bad for a canadian lady. <laughs> yeah, canadian yeah she killed singer. it man she killed it her and i think uh faith hill too faith hill was a good one I think I think that was around the time like later on Reba McIntyre got a TV show yeah <laughs> and she kind of made the crossover from like country star to like like so, like celebrity yeah. you know actress and she was awesome I used to watch that show and I just for a while and, and then I think I stopped liking country because it got real poppy and I just stopped you know it just wasn't I just didn't feel it you know but for for some reason country still still like I unexpected like it's my uh, in the closet. Guilty pleasure is country music. I think it's a side effect of just being Texan. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't. You can't escape it. Yeah. At work, at work too. I hear uh, coworkers listening to country music on their phones, and I'm like, Fuck, I'm gonna have to like this song. Like, <laughs> like I'm just listening. To them, I was like, okay, that these lyrics are pretty good. This yeah, is, this isn't bad. There's there's some that are terrible, but I mean, every every Everything genre every genre music. has a uh, terrible music. So yeah. I'm not gonna, not gonna hate on it. And it's, it's, I remember for a while in high school, I think when Johnny Cash's Hurt came out. Oh, yeah. That's when Dang. I was like, oh, like old country is cool. That was like, old country. <laughs> old country is what got me liking country. Yeah. Really, really. Uh, I really like Dolly Parton. I actually went to Dolly Parton's house growing up. Oh, really? Up. Yeah. Um, I went on a road trip with my grandparents when I was like really young. I think I was like 19. And um, and I went to Dolly Parton's house and it was so amazing. It was, it was awesome. It's like cute little 
arm. I feel like she there's there's just something about her. It, it's almost like the same kind of even though they're completely different artists. Like she's got this Stevie Nicks vibe when it comes to young people. Yeah. And I think a lot of it's just I mean she's she's an independent ass woman who don't need no man for nothing kind yeah. of thing you know. But there's just an aspect of her that it's it, it's transcendent. Yeah. You know? No, she's amazing. Uh, I I remember uh, hearing. I think my girlfriend was telling me that they were asking her how she feels about um about not getting all the credit for and I will always love you. And cause Whitney Houston made that song famous yeah. and she was like, Hey, the checks are still coming in. Like, you know what I mean? I don't, anybody can sing that song. These checks are still going to come in, but she wrote that like sure. Her, her fingerprint on music is always going to yeah. be timeless. You know, she's amazing. I, and she's really sweet. She's, and she loves the gays. Like what's not to love about Dolly? Like if you hate Dolly, you're, a Satanist. Get out of here. <laughs> she was super gracious too because I think at one point she even said, No, that's Whitney's song now. Like yeah. she like let it like she but I always like to use the example when the covers become better than the original is like mm -hmm. she made the cake, but Whitney Houston is the icing. She's why yeah. it tastes good, you know. Yeah. But she's the reason why it's there to begin with. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad. I'm glad. That's that's just the influence that's just the the ripple effect. That's really is. It influences the culture. Yeah. And, uh, you can, I mean, all it takes is one one good piece of poetry to make a, an amazing song. There's that whole. I, I, I see the meme all the time, but she wrote Jolene and yeah. um, Nine to Five in the same day. Oh, really? I didn't know that. It was either the same week or the same day. Wow! Someone was like, "What was going on?" Yeah, what <laughs> happened to her? Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I I don't know if it's true. I just see I see it a lot. I didn't know that she was Miley Cyrus's godmother until like a year ago. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I learned that recently also. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's cool. You yeah, Miley can sing. A lot of people like to trash on her, but she can sing. Her okay. Jolene covers. Yes, amazing. that was so good. That was when I was like, okay, I get it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, this is a friend. <laughs> also, T Pain. Everybody likes to hate oh, yeah. on T Pain because he auto tunes, but that fool can really sing. It's an aesthetic. So, it's not a necessity. Yeah. yeah, he he started using auto tune because uh, he was really into Believe by Cher. Oh yeah, yeah. He started. He he heard "Believe" by Cher, and then he started auto tuning. That yeah. was, I think, the first. That was the first big song to use auto tune. Mm -hmm. um, we almost did an episode on on someone was going to do Cher, but they changed their mind. Oh really? Yeah. Dang. We might we might have them come on. Yeah, I want to hear that. Yeah. Make um, yeah. Back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, sure. make them do that, please. <laughs> Just make demands. We'll see what we can uh, do. <laughs> now, uh, I I want to say that song is a okay. I had an aunt. I have my aunt. My auntlet. Sorry, auntlet. <laughs> she uh she used to play it on on a loop in the car and then I, one time I sang the lyrics wrong and she corrected me and to this day I'm like why you gotta be like that but um believe by share I think it's just ingrained in into me now because I heard it so much I love that song that was her first hit in like 15 years mm -hmm. so you had to she, turn back she time back. was her last one yeah. yeah yeah she really came back she just reinvented herself crazy like her and Madonna that was around the time when her and Madonna were reinventing themselves yeah Madonna did it a bunch of times but uh but that was like. Yeah, that was a good track. I, I mean, I'm not. I can't hate on it. It was a good track. <laughs> I had nothing bad to say about Believe by Cher. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I, uh, you know what? I think you know. Believe it or not, I think you might have mentioned Madonna for the first time on this podcast. We've done mm -hmm. 25 episodes. I've never brought up Madonna before. But, oh yeah, Madonna's crazy. I love her. It's yeah. so crazy to think about that because she's had like like Dolly Parton. She's had her fingerprint in everything. Yes, yes, she has. And there's so yes. many. I, I bet you can ask anybody who likes any type of music. And there's probably at least one Madonna song that they mm -hmm. enjoy. Dude, between the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, every single era has had a hit of Madonna's. And that is not an easy thing to do yeah. as an artist. And to be constantly reinventing yourself is work. And that means that she's just like, she did punk music. Yeah. Like, how how do you go from that to, you know, every little thing? That you, like, how do you do, how? You know? So, I mean... 
that's intentional you know she that's it's crazy it's i mean i i love madonna i i really do um that the the amount of work that goes into a career like that is has to be immense and i, I you gotta you gotta re- put respect where respects too you know? it never feels contrived either no like even when she's trying to do different things if she tried to do a trap song that might feel contrived but well, she did, I remember she did a rap song she did a rap she song, did she I, did a rap in one of her she did a rap and it's like i'm sipping on a latte and both <laughs> yeah it's a you it's it's out there somewhere uh and she did she did some she threw some bars out there i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure i don't know if she wrote them but I mean, it was ridiculous. It was like if a, sub, a suburban white mama did a did a rap <laughs> song. It was pretty, yeah. It, I'm not saying it was great. I mean, <laughs> I am gonna hate on that, but I really do like hung up. So that's okay. She gets a pass. But yeah. if it weren't for the Madonna, we wouldn't have Lady Gaga. Yeah. You know. So yeah, like for real, I love I love Madonna. She's crazy. I love her. I love just watching the transition from these different kind of eras and different phases. I don't want to call them phases, but just different, you know, different aspects of, of their personality coming yeah. out and them adapting to the times. And They have I, to evolve. Yeah. You, you can't, you can't not evolve. You have to evolve. I guess one of the biggest issues with like rock music now is that it's either refusing to evolve or it's evolving on like a smaller level. Yeah. It just depends on the genre. Yeah. I, I feel, I feel like it's, it's changed so much. I mean, there was what emo, screamo, and then hardcore, <laughs> and then grindcore, and then so now you have all these like cores into one core, and it's just like and metal. Metal music. I I, I grew up I, in high school. I really liked. Uh, I got in. I had a like a year or two where I, I still I still like metal. I like a good screaming screaming yeah. band every now and then. Um, but I feel like that's directly like gym influenced a lot of those two years when people were just coming out screaming. Yeah. You know? And then um I, I my dad was a rocker fool, you know, so I <laughs> so I I was a little baby rocker fool. And so I went and my brother was really into Nirvana and Nine Inch Nails and stuff like that. So I think you can't escape it in this town. Like yeah. you really can't I wanna say when I started music, there was only me and like two other two other queer queer music queer bands doing doing music and there one was a rock band and then there was another rock band girl in a coma and um one of them the kick it's not around anymore and a girl in a coma just kept on kept on going and then nina went solo and but they just kind of they they had it they had it they knew what they yeah. needed to do and they toured and they were very they're they're successful they're an amazing band and um i feel like i feel like at that time they had the formula and they wrote amazing Nina wrote amazing songs and they and people love rock music and they love to rock out on stage and so it it worked you know it works like it, it still holds up you know her lyrics hold up yeah. you know she's a, she's an amazing songwriter and so um i feel like that's that's something that was like you know you come from a rock city you do you start a rock band that's the formula you know you write good songs tour spread that love and then you know you're going to be successful yeah yeah they did i mean everybody could see it joan jet see it that's why she signed them yeah. you know so like come on yeah they're amazing um but like in this town there you you when i started you either had to be a rock band or you had to really stand out so i had to stand out you know <laughs> nobody, I, I don't look how i sound so it's it really uh freaks a lot of people out when I, <laughs> as i go up there they they don't know what i'm gonna do you know i just show up with a music stand and uh and a, and a microphone they're like oh shit okay i see i get it now <laughs> you know so it's it's been it's been a journey, but uh, it's it was kind of hard navigating the, a rocker full town. But I want to say I was I just stayed true to my sound and just just stayed evolving. You have to evolve, you, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, you really do. You definitely have like I mean, there's definitely a vibe. You, you don't play rock music necessarily, but you definitely have a vibe, and I think it's just uh, in 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 your 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 the presence of your voice. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a I I try to um I try to stay humble, but you definitely have to you have to have the confidence to go up there. It took it took a lot for me to have that confidence though, and and sometimes I need to take a break. I need to go back in my shell and and recuperate and recharge and before I can go back out there. So I I used to be crazy about it. I used to do I used to do a show on Thursday, a show on Friday, two shows on Saturday, one on Sunday, and then by Monday my voice was shot. Uh, you yeah. know, and it was my job. I was only doing gigs. And then, um, and then I realized I had to get a job. So I started, you know, I started working and sparingly doing shows, but I mean, I've, I've tried to stay consistent and, um, and gigging, which is why the last few months have been kind of tough. But I think, I think you have to evolve in the sense that, you know, I mean, put out content, um, do live streams. Now I got into video gaming and live streaming oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. So I didn't realize how fun it was. And so I, I, I used to look at him like, that's not a job. I'm like, Oh, this is really <laughs> fun. I could do this. I could do this forever. But, um, it's 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 just never getting complacent. You can't get yeah. complacent. I think that's why Madonna really killed it in the last, you know, fifty years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like nah, fifty real. years, not. Nah. Uh, but yeah, just like that, you can't get complacent. You always have to. You always have to be coming up with something new and just keep it fresh because you're always going to have a new audience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, do you have any last thoughts about the these songs, uh, Bill Withers, um, Daft Punk, um, uh, um I, I, those, I think all of those, uh, songs directly had an influence on my songwriting and, and I genuinely love those songs. And again, I'm indecisive. So I just picked all three and I, I, I really loved something about us, which is why I kept the whole track, the whole song in there. And, um, and I think, I think just picking from those, from those three eras of music just shows how timeless all of music is. You know, if, if you, if you love something and, you know, if your lyrics are, uh, are genuine and they come from the heart it'll it'll work in any context if you if you you know sing from the heart so yeah for sure mm-hmm. just sing it from the heart definitely yeah um do you have anything to plug anything uh where can we find your music uh you can find my music on spotify my romantic the, i have an ep called the romantic ep that i put out in 2017 you can find me on spotify allison a-l-y-s-o-n alonzo a-l-o-n-z-o you can find me on instagram allison.alonzo and i also have a radio show on sundays um queer vibes 91.7 at instagram and uh you can check out my videos on www.allisonalonzo.com so yeah awesome <laughs> hey thank you so much for no, coming thank on. you for having me on i really appreciate it this is an awesome conversation cool cool i'm glad yeah no i don't get to talk about music like that all the time so definitely. this was definitely Definitely a blessing. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Coming up next, we have Allison Alonzo doing the special mashup of Bill Withers, Just the Two of Us, Daft Punk's, uh, I already forgot the name. <laughs> Daft Punk Something About Us. And, and Khalid's Location. Yeah. Awesome. Yay. Thank you.
something 